this up as I go. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I need to do this all day. The Matt Sodnicker Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And with me is longtime friend who I'm happy to chat with again, Steve Thompson. He's a holistic human performance coach, and we'll get into what that means and what it does. But uh, also wanted to talk about a Facebook post from a couple of weeks ago that was kind of the origin of all this. And I'll cover that in a second. But Steve, great to see you again. Thanks for making the time. And how you been, brother? Matt, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me. It's been a long time. You know, it's been several years since the bicycle days and when we used to see each other quite a bit. So it's nice to actually, yeah, see your face and be able to. I'm honored to have to be on your on your show today. Thanks, man. Um, let's just jump right into it. So the post that on Facebook that you had done, you know, December 18th, and I'll post pictures of this was kind of a, a before and after, and really just talking about your, it talking about February of 2017 and you described yourself as gross and bloated and, you know, taking control of your future, but also you talked about the, the humanity behind it. And I just thought the post was candid and, very real and just wanted to start our conversation that way. Yeah. So that, I mean, you know, I had this conversation just the other day with somebody and they said, well, you have it easy because you've been there before. Meaning I've been in that, in that kind of after shape, which I had been, you know, it wasn't the first time I've done it, but it doesn't make it any easier. You still have to put the effort forward every single time you do it. So going back to that before picture, um, I had just to preface where, where I was at, I, I had moved out of one of my training facilities that I really wanted to stay in, but the landlord wouldn't let me put a shower in and a couple other things. So I had to move. Um, so I moved into a nice fancy new space that I thought was, be, you know, ticket. Well, right from the start, it didn't go well. Um, just things with construction. And I had some clientele drop off because of, either them getting transferred out of state or spouses getting transferred out of state. And so, I mean, right off the bat, I was looking at like an, in, a big increase in, in, in uh, overhead, which I knew I was taking on, but I didn't expect the, um, the decrease in revenue. Um, so I fought for like 16 months, just hemorrhaging money every day, just to keep the doors open, basically scraping by not working. Um, and then I compounded it with, you know, with uh, poor habits, basically. And that's where the whole bloated, you know, like I was drinking too much beer because, you know, that's what I like to, I do enjoy beer. I'd rather have beer than pizza, which I think I even said in that thing, in that post. And I just got into a really bad routine of not necessarily drowning my feelings, but just kind of like numbing the whole situation, which again is not not helping me when I'm hemorrhaging money and I'm then spending money on, on beer and, you know, things like that. Um, so it, that's what it, it got to. And it just got to the point where, you know, I got through the holidays, um, that year. And I was like, like, not that there's anything magical about January, but you know, once the holidays are over, most people are pretty, pretty tired of like 
the debauchery that comes from it, you know, the extra food and the extra sugar and the extra alcohol <laughs> multiple times a week, those kind of things. And I thought, well, you know, I'll get into January and I'll, and I'll, and I'll flip the switch. Like I always did in the past, if I was down, going down the wrong road and I flipped the switch and it lasted about two days. And I just, I was in such a poor mental state because of, you know, watching my bank account, like lose money and just everything I had built up was going away no matter what I did, no matter what efforts I did marketing wise or anything, I just, it was bad. So, uh, I just stayed in it. And then finally in February, I, you know, I don't know, even know what it was, but I just woke up one morning and was like, okay, dude, enough's enough. Uh, and I, in that picture that I posted that I took was at probably like 5am in the morning. I just got up and went into the gym for my first clients and said, take a before picture and look and see how gross you are and look and how see like demoralized you look. Um, and that's what started it. And then I just, from that day, I just like, um, actually made an exit plan from that, from that exact business. Um, I decided, you know, I'm getting out before I just completely go bankrupt, uh, and change my mind about, you know, what, um, how my habits are. And, and I just started the track back to the person that I, have been teaching and the, the, you know, spent 20 years in the fitness career. So I know how to do it, like I said, but I had to do it. I, and, I, and that was the day. Yeah. Knowing how and actually doing are two very different things, very different things. Yeah, no, they are. And, and I argue with that with people quite a bit because they just think it's easier for me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Um, and I don't remember who told me this. And uh, years ago, somebody said, it doesn't matter if I've done it or I tell you how to do it, as long as it's been accomplished once, then it's worth listening to, you know, like as right. a coach. So yeah, it, it doesn't matter if I'm the one saying, this is what you need to do. If it's worked for one person, it can work for another, right? And that's kind of the, that's kind of what it boils down to, to me. But yeah, you still have to put the effort forward. That was a huge realization for me. And I've, I've thought about this and talked about this. And that was kind of one of my transformative moments in my life when I would see someone that it took me a while to realize it was skills-based. Like nobody's born in perfect shape or has strong climbing legs or big biceps. Right. And it took me a while to realize that if somebody, if it's, it's, if it's effort and skill and one person's done it, I could do it too. Maybe not to the same degree, but nothing's handed to anybody. And I had that same experience on the bike. I remember somebody saying, oh, it's easy for you. Like you've been riding. And I just was like, look, I'm a big dude. I'm 6'4". And despite my appearance and my size, like I consider myself a climber. But they, I think they were, and I, I got offended too, because I felt like they were minimizing my 5 a.m. spin bike workouts and minimizing going out when it's 20 degrees and and suffering and putting in the work. Like, it's not easy. I'm just further along in my journey than you are. And I, I, I handled them you know, gently and, and kindly, but just sort of said, it's not easy, man. The hill is the same for everybody, you know? That's absolutely, that's a perfect way of putting it too. The hill is the same for everybody. Yeah. Maybe so if you've gone up it a hundred times, yes, it's going to be a little easier because you know it and you know maybe where to put effort forward and, and you've trained obviously a lot more, but it doesn't, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't turn into a downhill instead of an uphill. <laughs> yeah. So, but 
I want to go back to that day in February and, you know, I've experienced that same frustration and I've talked to myself in the same way. So you had that moment where it's like, I'm changing my habits. I'm changing this. And did your self-talk, the dialogue that you're having with yourself change from that moment moving forward? Like that, it wasn't rock bottom for you. It's just kind of like the, the big frustration, like I'm done. But from that Not point moving forward, bottom, uh, it, it wasn't at all. I, yeah, I don't know it personally. If I, I mean, I don't think I've ever really hit rock bottom cause I don't think I yeah. let get there. Um, but it's just, yeah, it was just a, a mindset change of, okay. And, and like, I, I started out small. Um, I said, you know, here's step number one, do not buy any more beer right there quit clouding your quit clouding your judgment quit you know and it wasn't like i had a, a an addiction or a problem to it because mm-hmm. you know i didn't need it i didn't go to work i wasn't drinking in the middle of the day it was just like work all day you know i put in 8 10 12 hours 6 days a week back then and home and you know drink some beers and with me uh you know i'm the 1 2 4 12 person I can because i because i'm again i'm a big guy and i can handle it and that doesn't get me stupid and, you know, for the most part. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, going in there and waking up that day and, and and doing what I knew and doing what I teach. And that's just slowly um, changing habits and taking baby steps towards the reversal. Like, the, I call it the rebound. It's like, I, I the analogy I use to so a lot of people is, like, jumping out of a third-story building, but you have a really big trampoline down there. So it's just like, you know, you're not going to make it back to the third story right away, but you're going to come back up higher than, you know, than, than the, than the trampoline. And then it, and, and that's what I start things with. So that's what that day was for me. It was just jumping on, you know, taking the fa- leap of faith that I, that I was going to change and I was going to stay true to my, to my um, beliefs and my actions and my desires instead of just, oh, I'll do it another day or I'll wait till, you know, I'll wait till next Monday or I'll wait, whatever. It was just, then, then that moment I was like, it's done. I'm tired of it. You know, like I felt terrible physically felt terrible. Mentally felt terrible, lethargic, you know, all those things. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've reached that point too, quite honestly, this week where just like the decadence and the, the beers and everything else. And just, I look at it when I am more disciplined and I eat cleaner and I exercise more and I call it like the best feeling in the world for me is Thursday afternoons about 3 p.m. when I've been uh, on track better than I've been off track and the sun's out and it could be January, it could be June. And just like, man, I've had a great week. Like I've slept well and I've exercised and I just feel wonderful. And it's like, that habit of just going to the brewery and having a beer like at three thirty, four o'clock on a Thursday. And like, I realized that I want to capture the feeling right before that first beer on Thursdays. And, and again, just be cleaner, be better and just have that feeling lasting through, you know? And, and um, yeah, it's just start with that one simple step and just capture the, you know, the feeling and kind of what you want to be and what you want to do, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like, 
I try to, I try to, I don't like to demonize anything because I think demonizing any, anything in life just creates more desire to have it, you know? Um, But I like to think of like having like a pliable box where, you know, you're, you're inside of these parameters and you think, okay, this is what I, this is how I feel like you're saying on Thursday, you feel great because you've been doing the things that are conducive to you um, growing and, and feeling good and, and mentally being, you know, being on top of everything and not being lethargic and not putting things off because you're like, oh man, you know. Um, and, but then, then it's just like also setting a limit. Like if I am going to do that, I'm going to go, you know, and have, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it to the point where I'm going to bring my driver's license and I'm going to bring $15, no credit cards, no debit cards, nothing else. Therefore I can only have two beers with a tip. And that's kind of like how I usually start a process with that. I like that. Is by just like eliminating the opportunity basically, you know, cause if you have your, if I have my credit card, then and if somebody says, Hey, you want to stay for another or, you know, vault and you're going to be like, ah, oh, sure. What the heck? Cause you're already having a good time. So by, by limiting my availability because of money, you know, um, cause I don't want to go back and do clean glasses for the brewery. Then I'm going to walk away after two. And then I accomplished my goal. I got the social aspect. I, you know, got to see some people or, you know, chat with the bartender or meet new friends, but I'm going to go home, you know, two beers in instead of six. And then, you know, which completely crushes your four days of progress or whatever the 10 days, you know, so it's all, to me, it's all a percentage. I, I, the analogy I use for people too, is like your body is like your bank account. Um, it doesn't matter if you put in ten dollars ten times or a hundred dollar bill, you still have the same amount and your your body's the same way. So like just those small little steps towards your goal um, and however whatever it takes for you to get there. And like for me, that's one of them. and same the coaching I use is like that as well. like I try to I try to talk people into that. I'm like, you know, if it's something at the grocery store that you cannot keep your hands off and you're covered, then don't buy it. Like see, go for a week without buying it and see if you survive, like see if you're still alive next Monday by not having, you know, for me, it would be chips and salsa. It's like, but, um, and I, and I actually have to do that because I mean, unless I'm on a targeted goal that, you know, has a deadline, you put chips and salsa in my house and I'm going to kill it within two days, if not less, you know? So it's just, that's how I, that's how I eliminate, you know, and start the process of what we were just talking about. Yeah, a bag of chips for me typically is serving size equals one. Yeah, we're talking like the, the, yeah. the, I've never actually flipped it over to see how many servings are in a bag. Not really. There's a zero behind that one usually, but you know that's okay. <laughs> I'm with you. See, I love the the simplicity of the the cash and the driver's license coupled with you know not demonizing that right because. Um, I'm doing dry January for the third year in a row now. And I just, I started it three years ago just because of the holidays. I'm like, I'm just going to challenge myself to go one week without any beer, any wine. And then started seeing hashtags on social media. And now it's just sort of like, not quite a habit, but now it's going to be like, all right, just, you know, for, I'm going to have like a little January calendar and, I, I simplify things too. I have a crayon and I'm just going to color in the day. And I just want to have a full month of, you know, days where I didn't have any, you know, beer, wine or alcohol, but 
you know, not demonizing anything too. It's like, you know, last year or the first year I did it, I was at hundred percent. I actually made it 32 days last year. I had, I think a glass of wine and one beer for some celebration. So I was like, Hey, but you know, that's, you know, 28 out of 31, that's still an A plus or an A, you know, and we'll see how it goes this year. But I, you know, this all ties back into what you said before about the baby steps. And when you and I spoke, I wanted to have this out New Year's Day. So if people were thinking about resolutions and doing all of these transformations, and this will be out maybe like the week after New Year's. So people have had a week of trying these habits, but I love your baby steps um, philosophy and, and take me through that, what that would look like for yourself or for a new client coming in. Cause I think it's just the only way to really have lasting change. Um, I guess situational, you know, it, it's, I, I really, really pride myself on like treating every single person uniquely um, because they are, you know, and mm-hmm. I know it's kind of overused and like everybody's an individual, but it's a fact. I mean, what I struggle with is different than you're going to struggle with, which is different than your neighbor is going to struggle with. So um, it, it's really situational with, when it comes to that, but it really does mean just slowly, uh, slowly changing habits and patterns. Um, and, you know, and here's, so here's an example right now. I'm dealing with um, a, a woman online that I'm just coaching and her thing is, is it's, you know, to her, it's, it's, uh, it's almost benign, but she, you know, she comes home and her habit has always been to just come home, relax with a couple glasses of wine. So my baby step answer to that is, okay, we're not going to just go dry. You're not going to cut it out because she actually really looks forward to it. She doesn't get a buzz from it. It's not that it's just like, that's her comfort when she comes home from work. I said, all right, so this first week of the year, um, which for her started actually on, on new year's day. And I'm like, instead of two glasses, you're going to pour one glass of wine. And then the next glass is going to be simply soda water in the same wine glass with whatever, a squeeze of lime or something to give you that feeling that you're still having that glass. You're still consuming something. Um, And I said, after week one, we'll see, you know, how that worked and how you feel. And are you sleeping better? Um, And if that's the case, then, and you want to continue, then we're going to go the next week. It's going to be like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you get a glass. The other days of the week, you're drinking the soda water. Again, out of the glass, the same feeling, things like that. So that's kind of like to summarize the baby steps. It's just um, taking small actions until until you eliminate it or, you know, accomplish your goal. Because hers, hers essentially is, I want to I wanna get down to where I drink like maybe a glass a week, like one glass of wine. Um, with, with the girls, you know, nowadays with the zoom happy hour, like people are doing, or, you know, some people are still getting together, but she's like, that's my goal. And, and she, because she wants to accomplish certain goals and she's like, I know it's not helping me, but, uh, I need to understand that I can live without it. And that comfort, like that safety net, um, which is mental of course, cause it's not doing anything for her, <laughs> but she and she, uh, I, I haven't spoken with her yet, but I mean, I'm, I'm confident that she's going to be great because she loved the idea and she's like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, like I still get to have it. I still get to look forward to it. It's just not every single day. She's like, I might even, might even embrace it because it's not such a routine, not such a habit, you know? So that's pretty much the baby step thing. And it goes both ways, obviously. 
when you're when you're going um, eliminating something or adding something. You know, same with goes. Let's use running. Just not that people love to run. Some do, some don't. I hate it. You know, I don't run when I'm. <laughs> but uh, instead of saying I'm going to run, you know, 20 miles the first week of January, like shoot for around the block for crying out loud. If you're not a runner or you don't used to get outside, shoot for a half a mile or 10 minutes. You know, and then just build on that. Like add five minutes after the first three, four days and then add five more minutes. And next thing you know, you're jogging up to like 20, 25 minutes and then you're just going to continue to progress, you know? So that's the baby step in my, in my coaching. That's how I, how I promote it. I'm so amazed by the simplicity of the genius of the soda water in the wine glass. And I, I've read a couple of books about habits and, and no, my brain and how I work. And you're right. The cold Turkey is so hard just to eliminate or start from zero to either go from hundred to zero or zero to 100. But what you're talking about is simply like a, a gradual slider switch. Like you're just kind of turning the knob from one side to the other and just the, yeah, I, I found that out the first dry January where I went through a lot of tea I would just make some hot tea because I, I liked the uh, the just having something to drink that wasn't water. And I got into this strange concoction of apple cider vinegar and molasses. Just I wanted something cold. Like sometimes I just don't want tea. But I was like, oh, I'll put it in a pint glass. And, you know, there's some flavor to it. There's a little bit of acidity. There's a little bit of sweet. So in a way it's kind of like, you know, an ale or something like that. But yeah, I'm just so impressed by the, the genius. And I think what I'm hearing is the empathy and the caring you have for your clients. And just that, you know, she doesn't have to pour the wine bottles out. She doesn't have to do it. She can still, enjoy what she enjoys and we're just going to over time make it better. And it's just, I'm just, I'm not surprised by the, the brilliance. It's just like, I love hearing it from you. It's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I, I just, you know, it's a lot of years of, like I said, 20 some years now of, of just learning, um, learning how people operate. It really, and, that, and that's, it's evolving. Of course, when I, when I first started in the fitness industry, um, for one, I didn't plan on being a trainer or a coach. It just kind of happened based on my own habits and like the performance that I put forth and people started noticing and asking. Um, I mean, I always had an interest in, you know, what I, when I say always, since I turned 18 really is when, and I, when I started this, this path, um, which so now that's 26 years ago, damn near 27. So um, it, it's just, people have taught me a lot, you know, and I've, I've worked with, I don't even know, but a thousand, a thousand different people. And again, everybody is different. Everybody responds differently. Everybody has different motives. Everybody has different goals. And I just found that for me to get the most out of them, I have to really tap into their core and like get them. They, I, I mean, I force people, I make them uncomfortable. I'm, I dig into like uh, areas of their life that they probably wouldn't talk about if I didn't, but I, you know, you have to get to the root of why and the root of, like why are you why do you have habits so I, I do I mean I have a ton of empathy in general I mean I have a ton of empathy period for anything living creature wise you know and 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 especially you know human beings that are my that have come to me and put their faith and their trust into my coaching so 
yeah it, it, and it is it is i'm glad that the simplicity shows because that's it, it, there's no magic tricks you know and everybody in today's society wants the instant quick fix and that's why all these fat loss pills and in this and that and that's you know reach for this and this is going to solve which is you know we all know is not true but people buy into it because they want to believe that this is going to be the thing instead of just like good old like effort hard work consistency you know consistency is i key is key like uh, you've probably seen uh, is the whole and i might have put it in that post i don't remember exactly but i i tell everybody you got to build your own personal castle and that just means that if you want to build your castle what is the ideal world that you want to live in physically mentally spiritually financially all those things then you have to just put the work in like every day you got to lay a brick you know and soon enough it may take a few years but your castle is going to be built and then once you're in it you're going to be able to relax a little bit and like know what got you there and keep the habits you know on a again a sliding scale of like 80% or better and you're still going to maintain what you built but if you you know for go like heck for a month and you lay brick lay brick lay brick and then you take 3 months off well you're sleeping on the ground you're not you're never going to have a roof if you keep that up right and then you start again and it's going to take you 10 times as long. And by then opportunities are going to have passed and whatever. So yeah, it's, it's really just simple and consistent effort. There's no, it's the easiest thing, but there's no easy fix, right? <laughs> no, no, no secrets at all. No yeah. tricks, just, and, and, you know, and it applies to everything, you know, it applies to business. It applies to, there's no, the whole there's no overnight success thing is is couldn't be any farther from you know the perfect thing because there's no such thing like nobody just oh I wakes up one day and hey look what the things I've been thinking are just laying in my hands now you know I mean you know it, there's how many businesses out there that you never heard about for years and years and years and then all of a sudden they make one right one right decision and then work towards it and advertise it market it you know have the internal um, team that works towards that same goal and then next thing you know they're they're blown up and everybody in the world knows about them you know so same thing with your body in your brain yep. and yeah so so in that what i'm going to call the super after picture super what after picture. <laughs> which I'll, I'll post uh when i post the episode but um i want to know like what your your body stats were and then the like the effort that it took to get to that. Cause I remember like uh, Kumail Nunjani um, from Silicon Valley, like kind of blew up Instagram about a year ago when he was training for this Marvel movie. And he talked about the trainers and all that. And I would say that that picture that you posted and you talked about it a little bit, it's definitely an Instagram Hollywood body. Like you've got the, you know, the rips and the, and the, the detail and the cut and all that stuff. What, what was the effort like and what was your body like when you reached that? Um, so I think at the end of that, if, if I'm not mistaken, so one, um, I think at the end of that, I was just under 200 pounds, like 198 or something like that. Um, I think I, I probably started that whole transformation in the 220 range. Um, because, you know, the before picture, I wasn't fat, fat. I just was mm -hmm. super and had tons of extra like there's lots of internal like organ fat you don't see in a lot of people too and and to get really really ripped you have to get that organ fat off as well you know otherwise you're you still have the smoothness um i mean i 
I, again, I, I treat, I treat these, those, those periods of time, like, in like that one. And if I do it ever again, and I just roller coaster things. So I don't, again, I don't go, okay, six times a day, I'm going to have chicken and broccoli, uh, you know, for, for four months. Um, that, that exact tran- transformation was over the course of about 10 to 12 weeks for me. Um, mm. And I, I, I did put in a ton of effort, but that's because I wanted to make a big change and I wanted to buckle down. But the roller coaster for me is, um, you know, I'll have four or five days of eating like with a pretty good calorie deficit. Um, and then the fifth day I bump it up. And instead of going and calling it a cheat meal or anything like that, I'll have a bunch of extra calories that come from quality food. And like mm-hmm. go-tos, which a lot of people think is gross is I'll make a massive bowl of oatmeal with like raisins and honey and almonds. And, and, you know, so it's not like I'm not eating cheesecake, but it's filling, it's nutritious and it bumps my calories up to where my body goes, okay, we're not at this set level and it's not going to get used to it. And it forces it to like, you know, jump your metabolism a little bit more and it fills your glycogen stores up where you actually have energy to train and to like cognitively, cognitively perform um, on a daily basis. And then after that one day, I'll go back to my deficit, you know, where the carbs are at a minimum, not, a, I don't eliminate ever, but for me, minimum is like a hundred grams a day, which, you know, is uh, however you want to cut it two two cups of rice or, you know, over the course of a day, which is still a decent amount of food. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, the keto thing and like the zero carb just never worked for me. Um, I mean, it works at the end if you want to get like super, super, super tight, which, you know, the last few days I did, but, but yeah, it's, it was just that. And, you know, training four days a week, um, with resistance training and then adding a little bit of cardio in, I'm a, I'm, I can't stand the cardio in the gym. So for me, cardio is generally like pretty good size hikes outside. And, you know, fortunately living in Colorado, I, all I have to do is walk out my door and, you know, I can find a park real quick or just drive a few miles and climb a mountain. And that's where my cardio would come in. But it really just boiled down to like the discipline of like sticking to the routine that I wrote out that I knew was going to get me in the condition that I wanted to get in. Um, and again, to reestablish, more importantly, regardless of how I looked, reestablish the mental positive mindset and positive habits that carried on in every part of my life. So would you say it was more, and I think you just answered this question. I just want to get absolute clarity on it. It was more of an exercise of not your appearance. It was more of just getting the habits and getting the discipline back. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't care what anybody says, like there's a vanity aspect to it all. (laughs) Sure. And if somebody denies that, I just think that they're lying and they, they're, they're ashamed that they, that people will judge them as in like, Oh, well, you're just doing it for your looks, you know? And so there is always that aspect. Like I love to look at, like, I, I love to get that kind of shape. The feeling that it gives you, like when you get that lean is just really cool to me because like every day you see different things in the mirror that you didn't see or like different lines come out. And, you know, so it's kind of like a push, it's motivating. And it's like, wow, how lean can I get? And then being able to take a picture like that and say, I've done that. I did that. You know, like that's again, going back to like, you have to put the effort in. Um, so, but, but that, that is a side product because I'm not getting paid to look that way. I mean, in the past, yeah, I've done some photo shoots for like supplement ads and things like that, but they didn't pay me enough to like make it your job, you know? And Mm -hmm. 
very few people out there get paid to look a certain way. So it has to be the other side of it. And for me, it definitely is. It was, you know, it was about getting out of that situation, um, getting out of that mindset uh, and quit sabotaging myself, things like that. And it was totally mental with, with the appearance aspect being second. Um, I tell people to this day, my, my big thing is I'm like you until the day you walk around with a sticker on your forehead that says, I weigh this much and my body fats this much. Who cares? Health is number, health is number one, you know, cause there's a lot of people we both, we all know. I mean, especially knowing you and I being in the cycling when I was back when I used to ride bikes a lot, those guys that you would look at and go, there's no way. And then the dude would just motor you up the hill. Like, you know, <laughs> your gut, you know, but, and th so th that you can't say, Oh, they're not in shape, you know? So the a little in shape thing and like appearance is, is pretty overblown. As long as you're healthy and happy, that's my thing. As long as your doctors check you out and say, yeah, you know, your, your, your blood pressure is good. Your cholesterol is in a good range. All those, you know, factors that lead to longevity in life. As long as that's there, who cares if you're 10 or 12 extra pounds? Like, you know, until again, unless you're just worried about that, like appearance thing. Which, if you're not getting paid for it, you need to quit stressing out about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you deal with uh, the cravings during that 12 weeks? Or and did you have them? And what were they? And how did you deal with them? Um, I would, I would intuitively, uh, intuitively have what what I call as a free day or free meal, mostly free meals, like because days can get a little out of hand. So, mm -hmm. um, it would be for me, if, if I had gone like, let's say 10 days of being just right, like rock solid, like 100% on my targets, like hitting the numbers that I wanted to hit training the way I wanted to. And I could tell that, you know, a, a little boost would be good for not only my brain, but for my body, just the reward. Um, for me, it would be Mexican. So I would, you know, I'm, mm out fajitas and I would eat a ton of chips and salsa. Um, and that would be my reward of like, and that would satisfy me, you know? Uh, and cause I would eat it, you know, I'd eat it quite a bit, but, um, I didn't really, I don't crave things. I don't crave sweets. Um, I, and if I do, I keep like dark chocolate around and I'll have, you know, it's, it's tough. And I, and I have, and I have uh, people that do this to this day and like, okay, buy the bar of dark chocolate you like. And then actually those little squares that they kind of cut in them, like break them up and figure out what the serving is. And then that's it. And I don't care if you need to put it in a Ziploc bag, the, each serving, if it's like three little squares. Um, and that's what I would do. So if it like say nine o'clock at night, I was just craving something. I needed something like mentally, physically before, you know, before I went to bed, I would reach for a couple of squares of dark chocolate and that would satisfy me. And then of course you go to sleep and dark chocolate is one of the best things that can, that can take care of those, you know, those cravings instead of something really, really sugary and, and bad, you know, not bad. I hate that word, but I use it every once in a while. Yeah. Something better, a better choice. Yeah. Better choice. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was it for cravings. Um, what, well, when I get my mindset on stuff, it's kind of like the cravings go away. They go to the side and the vision I have of what I want to accomplish kind of takes over. Um, and I know that's, you know, it's not the case for everybody. And that's why I do allow, you know, Matt, I've even, I've even had people that I say, what is it going to take to make you happy? What is it going to take to like 
accomplish what you want to. And I mean, I've had people that I've let eat cold pizza for breakfast. I mean, literally, seriously, because I said, if that's fine. If that's what you need, if that's what you need to mentally like get your stuff together, I don't care what it is. And if it's, if it's cold pizza for breakfast, you're just going to sacrifice something else later in the day. You know, it doesn't matter. It's all like, there's no magic. Again, there's no magic trick of, Oh, this is, you know, only can consume this and only have that. It's going back to the demonization of foods. If, if mentally that cold pizza did the trick for this person, which it actually did, um, then I say, go for it. You just don't get to have, you know, something else later in the day. Like we're going to account for it into your calorie, into your macro account. And that's what it's going to be. So, and I do that with a lot of people. So, and I, and I obviously, I, again, I do it with myself. I, I find the foods that make me satisfied and happy and I look forward to, uh, and then I include them and I, and I give something else up that's maybe not as important. Well, again, that's the empathy shining through is that you're, you, you, there could have been two approaches with that client and the cold pizza. It's like, absolutely not like push through it. You're strong. You're this, you're that, but you were caring and said, Hey, this is just not even a speed bump. This is just a little bit of a, a left turn and I care about you and we're going to figure this out down the road. And, and that just strengthens that bond between you and your clients. And it's just, it's so cool to hear. It really is. Yeah. It's just something that, like I said, it's just, it was developed over time, you know, I learned, I learned real early on that that's, that I just really needed to like, listen and, you know, the keyword, listen to them and, and, and see through and be intuitive to what maybe they didn't even know they needed, you know, it's just because the, you know, the, the media and what you see in the magazines, is just this, like, again, this rigid box, this is what has to be take place for you to make progress. You know, they don't tell you that you can actually have the foods that you enjoy and, and do the things you, that you like. To, to again, live, like live is the key word, right? Live life, not just like go through it like a little river lake where you're just like doo -doo -doo -doo, floating around. So and if that's what it takes, um, you know, the, the whole empath empathy thing, I just, it's, it's just, that's how I, how I figured out to be the most effective. And, and, it, and it. it didn't set, I didn't set out with that in mind. Like, again, it was something that was taught to me by my real early clients and dealing with so many different situations, man, you know, I mean, I'm truly, uh, you know, a psych coach more than anything. I, cause I listen to people and I mean, I see people three times a week. I've got clients that I've still training, um, that I've had since 2007, you know, so we're going on 13 years of like two times, three times a week. My longest going client, my first ever client, until he moved away in 2017 was 17 years of multiple That's times impressive. a week. So I get to know, I, I mean, I know, I know things about people that unfortunately there's some of their spouses don't know, you know, they're, they open up to me and it, so it, it, I ha, it, I have to, you know, I have to be that way. And, and I'm an empathetic person to start with. I mean, I'm always the one that's like, put me on the back burner. Let me, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I mean, and that's just, that came from my upbringing. Uh, my grandpa was just like that. And I think I adopted that, you know, seeing him and just, and I, you know, my grandpa and I had such a huge like connection. And I think I just in, didn't even know it, but I adopted that from him and, and turning me into a fitness coach and a performance coach. Like I just, that's where it came from. So 
but I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to be that, you know, instead of the drill sergeant, tough shit, uh, put your head down. I don't care. Do it because I don't think that works. And it doesn't, it doesn't work for my clientele. I know there's people out there that need that, but that's not me. I don't yell at people. I'm not a babysitter. I'm here to like, hold your hand, guide you, teach you so you can do it on your own. You know, that's the key. Cause there might, there, who knows if I'm going to be here tomorrow, you know, we don't know. So I, that's learning, learning how to live and still live, like learning how to live your life and then thriving in that life. Take me through your, your job description of yourself. And I, you're, you're very intentional and specific with the words that you used holistic human performance coach. And I love the, the phrasing behind that and wanted to take, take me through the, what that means to you and, and why that is how you describe yourself. It, it came about, it came about years ago. Um, I hated when somebody would ask me what I do. I hate the word personal trainer. I, abs- I mean, I just, I, I just can't stand it. I think it's terrible. Like, because maybe there, there, there are people out there that trainers and they their clients show up to the gym and they run them through the reps and they count you know their rep counters and they're like next and they don't they don't really focus on what that client actually needs except for for that one hour in the gym where that one hour um, and i'm using the one hour is just a you know to be simple the one hour in the gym is is such a small part of life that um in a small part of any results that I was like, what, you know, and I sat and thought about it. I'm like, what do I want to say when people ask me? And I just came up with the holistic human performance coach because holistic, you know, we, I believe that it has to be a wheel, you know, there can't be a square box. I mean, there's a reason we have wheels and not boxes on our cars and bikes. Um, it has to be fluid and there has to be flow to, to, to daily life. So the holistic thing came from that knowing that like, mindset again fit the physical fitness the spirituality the financial there's all these parts of life that have to flow together for you to like make progress um so that and 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 i understand that and i've you know apply that to my life so that's where the human holistic human performance coach came from just treating the person as a whole body and not just a person that's fitness and leaving, leaving the spiritual side, the emotional men- and mindset side and all that stuff behind and, and saying, okay, I'm going to be this little spoke on the wheel and I don't want to do that. I want to be the hub and I want to go around for the whole ride with them because I feel like I have, I mean, I feel like I've earned that and I have the talent and the skill set to, to coach all of those. So that's where it came from. Not... That's the, as simple as I can, you know, put it. And it's such a, a distinction between what I've, and I, I was a spin instructor and, you know, trainer for a little while. And I had a similar philosophy to you where, you know, the, I would tell clients like, look, if you want me yelling at you and if you want me just checking boxes, I'm not the person for you. <laughs> you yeah. know, cause you could, you know, well, there's apps for that now that could do that. You know, I, I'm here to, Right. Like you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, it's a little different than when we when we started this program, huh? Like, mm-hmm. thing as a as a eight ninety nine app to do this and follow that, and you know, you had to like, 
no Pelotons and no this. And, you know, you had to like actually get to your local spin instructor. And so, yeah, it's a whole different story. Yeah. But even with the apps though, you still have to do the work, even right. if it's yeah, just turning the, the app on. Right. Right. But they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to yell at you behind closed doors or through the screen, you know, <laughs> you know, you had those people back in the day that would do the phantom. I called them phantom ads. Cause I did a few spinning classes and the people that you'd be like, all right, add for this hill. And then you'd see them and basically like they'd be acting like they're turning the knob. And then after class, you'd go over and clean their bike up or something. And the thing would be, you know, like <laughs> easiest level. And they were sitting there struggling, you know, the type, I mean, we've all had them, but yeah, that, so they're they're just cheating themselves, um, you know. So yelling at them is going to do nothing anyway, right? So, and and no judgment. They they were where they were, and that's fine. right. Yeah, and exactly, no judgment for me either. It just makes me laugh because you know when you're trying when they're there, you think that they're there to like uh, really give their best. Um, when I when in all reality, a lot of people just are there for um, you know the social aspect or or something else. So you have to just, again, be empathetic to what they need and what their, what their um, body's requiring or what they, what the effort they're willing to put forth. So to each his own. Yep. Well, this has been so cool to reconnect. And I, I remember when we first met and geez, I don't remember, could have been six, seven, eight years ago that there was just something unique and different about you that I was just drawn to. And like, you're just a fascinating cat and just, it's been so cool to dive into this with you. And I don't want it to be years until we reconnect again, dude. I mean, we're not that far apart. And so, you know, COVID and all that other stuff, but yeah, I just, such a it wasn't a surprise to have this conversation with you it was just like i kind of knew that there was depth there and i'm just so happy to have explored it with you i really no i really appreciate it matt and it has yeah it's been gosh it's probably been 10 years i think i mean i'm trying to think back what i was riding what i it had to have been 10 years because i remember um i was riding for tomac and i had that felt that carbon felt and you hooked me up with those wheels and i did that like preview of the pro challenge so that was like you know I don't even know what year that was, 2010, but yeah, it doesn't matter. 7, 10, 15, whatever. I agree. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm totally down, man. This was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out and I'm very willing to like connect on how level you want. We can, we can meet halfway for sure. Um, as long as we're both in South and North, you know, we can meet up and wherever, wherever it makes sense, but I agree. We, it would be good because I think I have a lot to learn from your, you know, from your experience too. If we flip the tables and I interviewed you someday. <laughs> sure thing, man. That, that would actually be fun. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll post like connection info for you, but where can people track you down? Where can people find you? And, you know, if they're looking to take a journey like this with somebody that would take really good care of them, like if, where can people find you? Uh, I mean, Instagram is my kind of go-to. Um, Facebook is kind of, I have a Facebook, but li Instagram, uh, liveholistic.co. Uh, my website is also liveholistic.co. It's under, it's, it's totally outdated and it's under a total revamp, I hope right now. I don't do that stuff. So the person that's in charge is, should be doing it. Um, I'm on Facebook, my, my actual regular page of Steve Thompson, you know, 
Um, and then I do have a Facebook page called Live Holistic that I just restarted. And I, when I kind of rebranded from my Stevie T Fitness um, that had been my you know tag for the last how many years, um, when I really decided to get away from that and and be um, live under the Live Holistic tag. But Instagram is the best. Um, so yeah, like I said, LiveHolistic.co. So I'm my profile pic. I'm I think I'm uh, by a. I'm by the river up in, in Almont with like my cowboy hat on. So it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> it's a great pick. I loved it. <laughs> awesome, man. This has been so cool. Thank you so much. Um, Steve Thompson. Take care, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You too. Episodes of this podcast are produced and written by me, Matt Sodnikar. The intro was engineered by good friend Cole Weinman, and our original score theme song, Retro Funk, was composed by previous guest and good friend Randy Wiafe. I also have two requests. If you like this show, please share it with a friend who you think might like it, and also take the time to show them how to listen to a podcast, either on Apple, Transistor, or Spotify. And I know you know somebody out there that would make a fantastic guest. And if you do, please shoot me an email to podcast at thewarmfront.com. Thanks for listening.